Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Welcome. You should be self-aware. Hey, do you understand your personality? I mean, like, are you aware of your Enneagram number? Do you even know what Enneagram means? Like, are you listening to this right now and you're like, I'm tapping out, turning it off. (laughs) I don't know what Candace (laughs) is talking about. Do you even care to know? Is it important to be emotionally and mentally healthy? You know, is there a thing as being too much self-aware? You know, I mean, it's all the questions that we're going to tackle in today's episode. Yes, and we are so excited to talk about it head on, to open the conversation about all the things that give us self-awareness. We're going to offer some introspective thoughts to figure out how it actually affects our relationships externally. Maybe if you run a business, what that's like, how you're interacting with your kids. This is an important topic, so I'm excited Mm -hmm. we're jumping into it. Yes. Hey, in today's show, let's find freedom from all of that should. This is the part of the show where we're going to rapid fire the things we are so grateful for in 30 seconds. So this week, we're actually going to make it a little more exciting. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Let me tell you what we're going to do, girl. There's one caveat to playing confetti like praise. We are going to list the things that we are so grateful for about ourselves. Ooh, ooh. Now, I could go, I know I could list all the things I love about you, Candace, but it's right. different when you have to list them about yourself. Yourself. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what quality, what talent, what abilities are you so grateful for that God has given you? We're going to highlight those. I think we're going to stall. I, I, I'm going to be so stalled. I'm going to be nervous, you know, because you feel like Me I got to be humble. And, and at the same time, I'm kind of amazing, right? I don't know. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. And this is going to be a confetti-like praise for all of our days. What? But here's the thing. Okay. I think you can be humble and still brag about how great God is and how he's moving through your life. Okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. Start us off. I'm going to set the clock. Three, two, confetti-like praise. I like that I have a sweet smile. Oh, yeah. I like that too. Okay. I... I love how silly I can get with my kids. Oh, I love the fact that I'm a good kisser. <laughs> oh, oh, I love the fact that that makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> so. I actually love the fact that I clap three times when something excites me. A tri-clapper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I, I love that I work really hard. Oh, you do. I love the fact that I can. Make- oh, shoot. We've been going for like six hours. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah, we hit, we hit 45 seconds. Real solid. Dang. Wow. Well, that was interesting. I think it takes a while because you're just like, <gasps> um, what do I like about myself? You know, yeah. I, okay, so this, I'm going to call an audible here. Here's the deal. We went over on confetti like praise, but I think it's more, 
like it's more difficult to think about things for yourself that you actually like. And, you know, um, there was a movie that was popular a few years ago called The Help. And one of the things that, you know, the lady was telling the little girl is to repeat, you was kind, you was smart, you was beautiful. I mean, like just those self-aware things that you can say, I'm going to declare this whether or not I own it yet or not. You know, I want to call an audible on this section. I want to challenge our listeners with some homework. Can we do that? Yes. I want you to grab a notebook this week or a blank piece of paper, get a piece of copy paper and pay 10 cents for it at Staples for all I care. What I want you to do is write down. Wait, wait. Are you saying people literally don't have paper so they have to go? I was thinking of the worst case scenario if they didn't. That really was worse. I I mean, grab a stick, like grab a piece of wood outside and get a knife and whittle your answers. It takes a mustard on a piece of bread. <laughs> if you can, be like Jesus and right in the dirt. Grab <laughs> your 10 cents, you guys, if you need to go buy a piece of paper. <laughs> Let's assume that everybody has access to paper. Um, gosh. Well, here's your homework, if you care to know. Because we have derailed, I would say, that you would love to do this for homework to see just kind of a little litmus test here. How self-aware are you? What are the things that you love about how God created you? Maybe some of your greatest strengths that you could just list down. Give yourself more than 30 seconds. I'm going to give yourself two minutes. Set a timer on your phone or on anything that has a timer. (laughs) Go buy a timer from the store. (laughs) Use your Casio watch. (laughs) Have your kids count two minutes in, like whatever it takes, make it work. Either which way, give yourself two minutes and we want you to list down as many things as you can possibly list that you love about yourself. As a matter of fact, if you need to pause right now, pause the episode, do it and see what you come up with. And then um, join us again because we're going to further the conversation about being self-aware. Won't you do it, y'all? Let's celebrate how God is using this podcast to make an impact and share a review. And don't forget, if you're loving the show, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or however you listen. So username Tara Lee 90 said this, this podcast is great. It's so nice that Holy Spirit will use these hilarious women to drop major truth bombs. The deep conversations from the Holy Spirit are much easier to hear and receive when it's mixed with jokes, real life, and sweet Bible wisdom. Thanks for being you, Jenny and Candace. I will say this. It's always so encouraging when somebody just thanks you for being you. I think that that gives me the warm fuzzies. It makes me feel like, gosh, I love when people just honestly get who you are and dive in and they say, I'm with you. And so thank you for that. Tara Lee 90, that actually made our day. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now, what do we say? 
Hey, Jenny, you know, when we're talking about being self-aware, one of the things that we both bring to the table are our different experiences with whether it be personality tests, uh, the Enneagram, I mean, all these things that are basically uh, litmus tests for who we are, how we respond, what our coping mechanisms are. And so I actually feel like you have an incredible story about a moment in your life where you took a personality assessment. And I just want to start off the conversation with that so that some people even know what we're talking about before we dive into why we should be self-aware. Yeah. Yes. So I took a preaching class, how to preach, get it, get it. And the teacher, Dr. Mike Webster, he advised us to take this specific personality test, uh, the DISC assessment, and then he also advised a spiritual gifts assessment, which we can dive into that later. But so I took both and then I ended up setting up a meeting with him and it changed everything. So I... I've taken tests like this before, and I think it's good to be self-aware throughout different seasons because your personality, I mean, we're always growing, we're evolving, we're changing. Uh, So in this, these results showed for the DISC that I was a high D and a high I. Okay, so the DISC actually stands for different letters, meaning different qualities and personality traits. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you're a DI out of the DISC. Yes. Okay. We were sitting together and we were going through the results. And he, I mean, he's a leader in ministry and there was this pivotal moment because, you know, um, I do ministry writing and speaking as do you. And it was this pivotal moment for me where he's like, yeah, you're, you're meant to be a leader. Like you're meant Mm. to, to speak from the platform. And I was like, yeah, but I'm a woman. Could I ever lead a Sunday service? It's so funny because when we become self-aware, with our actual things that are going to propel us to greatness. And and I'm not saying like greatness, fame, greatness, popularity. I'm talking about great things for the kingdom of God. Yeah. We instantly devalue what we've just heard. Yeah. So I think people need to hear that because listen, I grew up in a denomination where women weren't allowed to teach. I was actually in a private meeting with a ministerial staff and they told me because I was a woman, I didn't need to be teaching teenagers that were young men about to turn into full grown men. Mm. And listen, and you can have the theological whatever argument about that. Regardless, there's a teaching anointing and gift on my life. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And and so for me, I felt like paralyzed with, well, you're telling me I'm gifted in this when I took my spiritual gifts test, but now you're telling me there's no place to use it. And so I know what you mean. Even if you've not been told externally by somebody else, we immediately, when we become self-aware, devalue those thoughts. Right. Yeah. Having Dr. Webster say, you're you're a leader, you get stuff done, and then combined it with my spiritual gifts assessment, which I have the gift of leadership, prophecy, and words of knowledge. And for him to say, which if you guys don't know what that is, I know that I just threw a lot out there, but you can Google your way through that. But... Quote that. You can Google your way through that. I need that image in my life to just post in my stories when somebody asks a question. You can Google your way through that. Yes, that is a resource. You can Google your way. Hey, hallelujah. Come on. (laughs) Just to have a man in ministry to say, you're meant to step into that. You have leadership on your life and it's going to look like this, this, and this. And then he walked me through the assessment and it really freed me up to boldly step into areas where I've been shrinking back. And he talked about because of my personality type, 
the things that I will do to when I get stressed out. So one of the things I do when I get stressed out is I try to control stuff by making lists. And on those lists, I will pile in more activities that we have to do to get stuff done, which is really uh, awkward. It's made me like, even with us working together, Candace, being like, okay, am I responding out of stress right now in this moment? And like putting more on our plate? Oh yeah. I think it's really powerful to know how you operate in in a working relationship and in your own relationship because it really frees you um, in, in response even. I also feel like it spills over to family relationships, um, to uh, your your relationships with your children, if you're a parent um, or your siblings or your own parents, you know, I mean, everybody has a different way of processing and a different way of communicating and a different way of receiving even, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just naturally, it, it's our bent. We're, we're bent to naturally respond in certain ways. Uh, you know, for me, the thing that I love the most is not necessarily the personality assessment of DISC. Um, I had to ask you what those were. I, th- I think I've taken it. I'm sure you have. I don't I don't. I, I don't remember what I was. I've also taken the Myers-Briggs. You may have heard that. Yeah. Google your way through it. <laughs> I'm using that. I'm using that. As a matter of fact, any of these that you want, we'll kind of put some links in the show notes if you feel like, oh, I want to find a free test. Okay, yeah. we'll make it easier for you. So go to www.shutthesheutup.com and we'll put those in the show notes for you. But for me, the Enneagram has been something that's kind of like this buzz right now. Buzz. This, this, oh my gosh, there's so many resources and it's so great. I actually got to say, I really do love the Enneagram. I really do. It's nine types of people. So when you take like a free test and you may hear me doing some pages here, you hear that? That's not a sound effect. That's something that I'm <laughs> literally doing right now. Um, you, I actually have a book that I love to read. It's called the Enneagram Made Easy. And for me, it describes all of those nine types with illustrations, and yet it describes them in a way that I feel like is very practical. And so when you figure out your number from taking the test, it's like you get really excited because you're like, oh, I'm a number two. I'm a number seven. I'm a number eight. I'm a number three. I'm a number three. Yes, Jenny's a three. And I feel like um, you get excited about this number because you're like, oh, I'm so aware now of myself and how I need to be received in this world. That's a misconception about the Enneagram. As a matter of fact, one of the sentences that I love from the Enneagram made easy, I have to read it verbatim because it's such a help. It says, by working with the Enneagram, we develop a deeper understanding of others yeah. And learn alternatives to our own patterns of behavior. We break free from worn out coping strategies and begin to see life from a broader point of view. Mm. You know, the Enneagram is not something that actually gets to just tell me what my number is so that I can justify any kind of behavior that goes along with being that number. Um, nor does it just have to settle me into being a healthy number seven or uh, unhealthy number seven. Right. And so, oh, this is just who I am. It actually helps me understand the people around me as well. I can fully understand when I'm engaging in a conversation with my husband, he is not a seven like I am. He's a five and we approach things differently. And there are different values that he holds when we speak things that, that when I approach him to him, he's not going to care one iota about necessarily the feeling of the moment. He's going to care pragmatic details about the issue that we're speaking about. And that shouldn't frustrate me. Because, well, I'm a seven. You need to get on my level and feel what I'm feeling. It should be like, okay, I can fully mature and understand that others 
see the world differently than I do. And one of the greater things that I love about the Enneagram that is freeing me up is simply this. I have natural triggers to cope a certain way. All of us do. But that does not define who I am as a person. The fact is there are nine different ways of coping strategies that I see on the Enneagram. Just because I'm a seven doesn't mean I always have to cope as a seven. I can understand and and see a trigger while it's happening, but I can nullify my coping patterns and actually choose to cope as a two in a certain moment. Mm -hmm. I can choose to cope as a one. I can choose to cope as a five if it means the bettering of a relationship that I'm in or that I'm pursuing. And I feel like um, it is important to be self-aware. Start the conversation to figure out how do you naturally cope? How do you naturally respond? What has been the environmental things that you've grown up with that you're just like this at a young age? I started doing this and it made me feel safe. Mm-hmm. It made me feel protected. And that developed a personality from it. We get that. But where's the maturing to become really self-aware so that you can be relationally responsible with those that are around you. So I would say, if you're going to actually dive into being self-aware with the Enneagram, keep that as your anchor. You're learning about how to know what your triggers are and how you've learned how to cope. Not so that you can keep on coping the exact same way. Yeah. But so that you can break free from those patterns. Yeah. I mean, as a seven, people are like, okay, you're saying a lot of heady words right now. Tell me the truth of what that really means. Okay, prime example. I am a seven on the Enneagram. That means I seek adventure and risk and joy. No surprise. Hello? The joy lady, right? Um, But it also means that I love to avoid pain. I love to avoid conflict. I'm really, really good at saying, "Mm, that's not a moment I need to embrace if it's sorrowful and kind of compartmentalize certain pains in my life. And I never really face grief head on. Well, that serves me horribly when I'm walking through grief. Yeah, It serves me no good. And as a matter of fact, to know about myself that that's my natural instinct is to run. That's my natural instinct is to avoid grief. Do you know, currently the listeners have no clue. Jenny, you do because we're friends, Mm -hmm. but I am walking through a season of grief. Yeah. I am literally in the throes of it right now. And there are intentional moments throughout my day. Ooh, I'm getting emotional. Me too. (laughs) There are intentional moments throughout my day where grief has no schedule, grief has no calendar. It doesn't say, hey, 1030 meeting, let's cry right now. (laughs) It just shows up unannounced and says, let's go. And my typical pattern of behavior has been, let me push you aside or let me not answer the door because I'm so busy. And I feel like the fact that I'm so aware that that's been my trigger and my coping mechanism and I can break free from that allows me to pause and embrace fully lament. It allows me to know that I don't have to fake being fine. It allows me to find freedom that I can actually walk through a season with strength and honor and dignity and a robe of righteousness, a beauty for ashes. 
that I've never understood in my life. And you know what that's doing ultimately. It's creating a freedom in my relationships where people can trust me with their grief too. Mm. You know, they've never been able to do that because I've been like, no, 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 that's ugly. I don't want it. And now I'm finally seeing family members going, oh, I can kind of trust her with this now to be able to carry some of mine too. Wow. And I'm telling you, being self-aware is not just for the benefit of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for the benefit of breaking patterns of your self-behaviors and triggers and coping mechanisms, but it's also to engage you as a better human being for others that are put in your life. So I, I say this power, this episode is powerful and much needed. And what we said is only the beginning of the discussion. Like, like Jenny, beautifully (laughs) Google your way through it. Like seriously, y'all, if you feel like, oh my gosh, I got to figure this out. We're going to give you some links to resources. We're going to give you the starting jumping point, but we really do want you to go ahead and figure out what's your story. What's your pattern? What's your coping mechanism? And what are the things that you can and should break free from? You called in with your questions. You shared with us your should. We just want to listen And maybe we can do some good You said what? We'd love to feature you on an upcoming show Just call 315-308-0163 And we had a really interesting caller today So take a listen Good afternoon, Candace and Jenny It's been six years And I should have I should have done a lot of things in those six years, but every day I said, would I or should I or could I? And I never once did know, but y'all inspired me, and I don't got now two ponies. I'm going to train to the circus. Thank y'all, and God bless. Oh, okay. Wow. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. I like the accent. Ooh. Let's just start there. Yep. I love that accent. Yeah. Um, I also feel like this may be a prank call, but if if if, if it's, it's not, not if, <laughs> it feels feels interesting. <laughs> interesting. I would say ponies. I mean, <laughs> if that's the should you're fighting today, friend, um, praise be, praise be that you have some clarity. Like they're gonna go. They they've got the ponies. They know what they're gonna do with them. Circus. I feel like. <laughs> We, we are fulfilling. We are fulfilling our call right now through this caller. Yeah. We're empowering yeah. people to step into the areas. They are so gift, gifted. It. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, not, right. this is, this is great. Feels good. Thanks for calling. We appreciate those calls. He said what? He said what? He said what? What in the world does the Bible say about being self-aware? In all honesty, this seems to be a buzzword of our current culture, uh, the self-aware topic, and less of a biblical concept until you start studying and reading verses like the ones that we're going to bring up. Because I just got to be honest with you. I was like, okay, is this self-aware concept even in scripture? Is this a societal thing that we've really started just honing in on? And you know what? There are scriptures that if you look at the context and what they're speaking to, it really attacks being self-aware and understanding who you are and whose you are. Um, Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. 
I love this one. It says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. You know, I've heard this passage a lot growing up in church that we are moving from glory to glory. And maybe a lot of people have heard it too, where they're like, oh, it's a good song. We go from glory to glory. Glory and royalties. I won't sing the rest. Hey. Oh, royalties. I just realized that. I'm like, are, this, are those the words? Like, 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 is she is she kingdom, royalty now? Kingdom royalty? Kingdom, nope, got it. Royalty. Yeah, I'm not paying money no, for that No, song. no, 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 no. <laughs> but this song, I mean, like we, we've we talked about, well, you're just moving from glory to glory, especially if somebody's going through a rough time. That's a really good excuse. You know, well, Lord's just taking you from glory to glory. Or, you know, and I've even heard some people on the other side of it going, well, I'm just moving from clap, crap to glory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't see themselves doing glory to glory at all. Like they started off any certain which way. But we are told that we will move from glory to glory. And I'm curious, what does that mean to you, Jenny? Whew. I mean, this verse alone, I love that you're highlighting it because I was studying it the other day, believe it or not. And, <laughs> you know, the unveiled face, it's it's talking about in the Old Testament when he, they had to veil mm-hmm. their faces. And because of... Jesus and the New Testament, and we're, we're like living in that new covenant. And if you yeah. have a personal relationship with Jesus, the instant you do, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you and mm-hmm. working through you to change you, to convict you, to empower you, to provide comfort to you. And that is where the game changes. Like, Jesus changes everything and understanding the power of the Holy Spirit to help you become self-aware. That's the game changer. That's the game changer. So I love that you chose to highlight that first. Here's the deal. I think most of us, when we become self-aware and we do a personality test, we become stuck and we just think this is who I am. It's who I am. And scripture tells us, no, you're moving from one glory to the next. Yeah. So if you become self-aware at all by doing any of these personal assessments, let me just challenge you with this thought. Your design, when you become a new creature, which is, you know, um, was it, we'll find the verse, but it's in um, one of the Corinthians 5.17. It says, behold, the former things are gone. All things are new. You have become a new creation. That's Candace was, you know, summary of it. We'll, we'll put the actual scripture. Yeah. But the, the reality is, is that when you enter a relationship with God and you choose to have him have lordship over your life, Mm -hmm. there becomes this newness that he promises. So here's the deal. Even though you've developed patterns of behaving a certain way, you are able to discover a different way and move from one glory to another glory. As a matter of fact, it's part of your Christian life. So don't be debilitated by taking a test and think, well, this is just who I am. And now I'm going to have the free right to talk like that to everybody because that's who I am. Right. No, you should still be charged with a passionate desire to move from one glory to the other. You should be charged with a desire to actually mature. We should constantly be in motion because God is in motion. God is in motion. God is moving. And oftentimes, oh, I'm in Enneagram 3, so Mm. that's not the end of the conversation. It's not the end of the conversation. It's not. It, it doesn't define what God is doing in motion by you saying, well, here I am. I'm always going to respond this way. Yeah. I want to share this verse in Philippians. Uh, it's 1.6. It says, 
I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who begins this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. I cling to this verse consistently because I know that God's not finished with me yet. He is not finished. And the power of the Holy Uh -uh. Spirit, I mean, he's working in you. And, you know, you talk about fruits of the Spirit, like self-control, joy, patience, gentleness, all these things are, are, can be produced in you. And like talking about character development, I mean, the Enneagram is great to help you be self-aware in what things you should be developing in your character. And Holy Spirit is doing that for us. Are we actively entering into the move of God on our lives? I I just, I got to rant. Can I ramble rant real hard on this real quick? Yes, Randall, rant. (laughs) All right, Jenny, you want to rant? Then I want to hear your honest thoughts right now. What is the thing that is the biggest pain point you're seeing in the church about taking these self-aware concepts to the pulpit? What are you seeing? Oh, okay. I, I feel like one of the biggest battles in our age of church and Christianity is that we are so consumeristic. Hmm. How about we just sing songs about how great God is, not about how great God is changing you to be. Duh. Mm. How about we don't have sermons that are the 10 best tips so I can live my best life? How about we actually go to church and don't get offended when somebody doesn't say hi to you, but rather we actually get some guts and go say hi to another person and like we don't Mm. just dismiss the church how about how about Mm. we don't get offended when there's a sermon and the pastor's actually reading from the bible the whole time and you don't think there wasn't a a good enough sermon illustration from downtown abbey like how about we just start actually (laughs) learning about the character of god and not making it so much about ourselves and rants that randall rant was brought to you by jenny (laughs) randall I just, I'm, I just think I love it. We're so Listen, consumeristic. Here. Where's the boundaries? The thing I love the most about Randall Ramble is this, is that you're asking questions that get us um, actually evaluating our heart posture. Yeah. It's a good question to ask. Are we consumers when we approach God? Are we becoming more self-aware so that we can manipulate the goodness of God? Mm. I really think that that's the question. It's are we becoming more self-aware so that we know now how to pray certain prayers so that God will move the way that we want him to move? Yeah. Genie in a bottle. We make him a genie in a bottle. You want me to sing it for you? I'm a genie in a bottle. You better rub me the... You know, that's inappropriate. It's awkward. There's a pattern that we need to watch and be aware of that once we start assuming that God is to bend his knee to our personality, we are missing the aim of discovering who we are and whose we are. He doesn't need to bend his knee to our personality at all. He doesn't need to cater to us. Yeah. He lets you see who you are so you can discover all the things that he's already set in motion about who he is. Yes. He is your good shepherd so that you can be a sheep. He is your good father so that you can know I am a child. He is the vine so that you could be the branches. I mean, I could go on all day. He has already said, I am what you need, regardless what you discover about yourself. I don't bend my knee to you. Yeah. Oh, and and I think too. So we, we view the world, obviously, 
if you're a Christian through the gospel, through, through what Jesus has done, but you also, you do have your own personality that comes out. So we might be sitting in the same sermon and hearing two different things. And (laughs) this is why I love, this is why I love the question. Sum it up. What did you learn in church? But what did you learn about the character of God? Because that Mm. is the stability of what you will stand on when you're a hot mess or even when you're the best in the world. Like what you're learning about the character of God is the Mm. thing uh, that's going to sustain you. And the problem is when it becomes who you are over whose you are. So when we're looking Mm -hmm. at our personality assessments, realize that. It's, it's a great resource. It is a powerful tool to help you develop relationships and become self-aware. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. know whose you are, understand the character of God, and trust that as a believer, Holy Spirit is working in and through you from glory Ooh. to glory. You know what? There's a quote by A.W. Tozer in my 20s that I oh, heard. Girl. I just pulled it up Love because it, it, oh my gosh, this was so instrumental in really kind of pointing out the self-discovery journey. He said, basically, what comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Capture that for a second. What comes to your mind when you think about God is really the most important thing about you. So if you think, think about those moments in worship services where they're like, sing a new song to God, and then they just start playing music. Do you not feel more awkward in your life to just be like, what am I going to sing? What am I going to talk about to God? Uh, The lyrics aren't on the screen. And so then what comes out the first time of your mouth? For me, it's usually this right here. Um, You are faithful. You are good, God. I love you, Jesus. There is none like you. Hey, I hold your hand in the valley. And what is that saying? It's not saying, oh, great songwriting, Candace. What it's saying is this. I need God to be faithful in my life. I need him to walk me through a valley in this season. I see him as good regardless. I see that nothing else compares to him because I'm being faced with daily challenges to pull things aside me and make me feel like they're better than he is. But they're not. They're not. So the thing is, is whatever you're thinking about God first. Oh, he's my he's my father. Well, maybe you're struggling with an orphan spirit in your identity. This is the thing. What comes to mind when you think about God first is really the most important thing about you. That's good. And so God allows us the beauty of that. In the, I mean, think about that. He created us that way too. So that when we would think on his character, he goes, you know what? I am all those things for you. That's why he says, I am who I say that I am. I, I just need to present in this moment, like, I just feel like when we are, when you're asking that question, who do you like, what comes out in those moments of worship? Like, how do you view God? What's it like? I feel like there might be a listener who never have, has experienced or understood God to be father over their life. Oh, yeah. And I just want to speak over you for like a hot sec that I want you to press into that thought and actually be be self-aware. That's what we're talking about. Like understand where that comes from. And maybe it's your childhood. Maybe you've been abandoned, like Candace touched on briefly, but I just want to challenge you to like go to God with that and ask him to show himself as father to you and actually be open to the response. Hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people listening right now in that just brief silence and they thought, Oh, okay. Wow. We're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do we're this. We're going to do it. We have to keep going. Keep going. We're going to do this. I feel like there's a sensitivity right now 
to this entire topic because many of you are not even to the point where you want to become self-aware because you are afraid of who you'll see in the mirror. And I just want to challenge you with this one thought. Psalm 119, read through the entire Psalm. You know, our God knew you before you were knit inside of your mother's womb. He knew everything that you would be. He knew everything that you would experience in this life. He knew every decision you would make before you make it. And why can I confidently say that? Our God is not restricted to finite circumstances like we are. He's not finite. He's infinite. And because of that, he does not bend his knee and bow to the structure of time. He is outside of it. And so he's seen you as you are seated with him in heavenly places. Yeah. There's not a future better version of you that he's waiting for you to arrive to. He knows you in every season and loves you perfectly in each and every one. So if you feel like, Candace, for me to tap into being self-aware, I'm going to walk through trauma. I'm going to walk through some grief. I'm going to have to revisit moments where I have to go back to my myself as a 10-year-old kid and talk to that kid and speak to those desires and speak to who I was then and what I, what I felt and what hurt me and harmed me and began giving me coping mechanisms. You can trust the Holy Spirit to be kind and gentle to walk with you through this process of being self-aware because he's never left your side, even in those moments. You know, the last chapter of my book, Laugh It Up, was the hardest chapter for me to write because I had to acknowledge that everything that I just penned out about my my memoir, my story about um, sexual abuse, about a failed suicide attempt, <laughs> about the night that I thought I was going to have to walk through divorce. I mean, like, I literally was asking God, where were you in every single one of those moments? Mm. <laughs> and... I felt as though he showed me that he was in the corner of the room in every single situation. And he has not left me and he has not abandoned me and he is good and he always does good. You know, even looking at the story of Joseph with his brothers and here's a man that was thrown into slavery, thrown into prison, falsely accused of being a rapist. I mean, if you don't know the story of Joseph in the Bible, go read it in Genesis. But one of the things that he says that's monumental is what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned for good. And I feel like some of you are struggling right now because what you think you're going to discover is that I've seen a lot of evil and I cannot see good in it. And I don't want to revisit that and I don't want to be aware of it. Can I just challenge you with the thought that God may be working all things for good. And who you are yesterday does not define who you are now, nor who you should become. So be encouraged, my friend. We are for you. And I know we're touching dangerous ground because we could get a lot lot of feedback on this saying, man, you're not licensed therapists, you're not licensed counselors, and what right do you have to talk to and speak to my trauma and anything like that? But I'm going to just tell you right now, this isn't us just coming to you and being like, let me tell you all the wisdom that we've acquired. We're actually jumping into this with a lot of friend heart behind it saying we ourselves are walking through this and we would love to see you grasp the same journey so that you can be somebody that sees the hand of God doing what Philippians 1 says, being faithful to complete the work that he started in you. And on top of that, hey, this is once again, not substitute for anything 
that you need to do and hash out with a licensed therapist or counselor or any medications that may be uh, prescribed to you that you feel like they need to get me to a place where I am healthy enough to be self-aware. Yeah. We're coming from a place of a friend that says, hey, there's better and there's deeper and there's more. And we'd love to see you walk in that freedom. Literally, as you were saying it, I was writing down, not good enough, not good enough. And as you were talking about feeling like they're not good enough, and I just want to like double down on that. For those of you that are listening and becoming self-aware, here's the thing. You are not meant to be good enough. God is good enough for you. Like Jesus is good. So stop looking at yourself and look to him. And, and I just like, we're going through a process. When you're going through a process of healing, stop focusing on that thought. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Focuses on, focus on the promise of who God is. And Ooh. rather than saying, I'm not good enough, start saying, God, you are good enough. You are yeah. good enough. You are yeah. good enough. And as you begin to enter into that, you're going to begin to be more self-aware to who, okay, yeah, I know Jesus now. This is what it looks like. We were talking about going from old to new, and this is what it looks like. You're a saint who's, who sins, and you can't separate that. And I think we have to walk in the self-awareness of that, walk in the self-awareness of conviction, of repentance, of I am being made new, of of grace, of God's love, of the joy that is produced out of that. That is what Christianity is. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6. It straight up says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who made us sufficient. Listen, you are not enough. Go ahead and just claim that and be self-aware. You are not enough. You will not be enough. There's nothing in you that's enough. You can't do it. Your sufficiency comes from God. Your adequacy comes from God. The relationship that you have with Jesus actually gives you the ability to be enough. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. You know, what? I remember as a seventh grade kid writing in my journal because I thought my parents would never see it. I was religiously tired in seventh grade. And I don't know why, but I was really legalistic, tired of performing for God, tired of feeling mm. not enough for him. And I wrote the F word in it. I did. <gasps> I said, I said, and I mean, like I tore through the page with my pen because I was writing it so hard. Yes. I said, I am tired of not being effing enough. Wow. And I remember scratching till I cut the other page with that ballpoint pen. And I put that down. I put my pen inside the book and I closed the book and I felt so bad. I was like, yeah, mm, I hope he heard that, (laughs) you know? And I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me, I'm so glad you finally know it. I'm so glad you finally know that you're not enough because now I can do something with your life. I was a 13 year old kid and I remember that moment and God told me I would never be enough and it was okay. That was where I needed to settle and realize that now he could work. Yes. He is your adequacy. He is your sufficiency. He makes you enough. We've talked about some hard, like, let's punch you in the face kind of stuff. And and I do Whew. I do want to say it felt it felt holy. It felt right. I, I do also want to say we're celebrating the crap out of you guys. Like <laughs> we're not we're not just focusing on how horrible we all are like oh my gosh hold on hold on you Come just on. said we're celebrating the crap out of people yeah. on a podcast called shut the should up there are so many puns in this show i almost can't 
We're celebrating the should out of you. We're celebrating. Yeah. We're celebrating the should out. (laughs) (laughs) He should be celebrating too. Hey, let's pray. As we lean into the questions uh, about who you are, who we are, how we're wired, our gifts, we can't know the answer of all of that apart from God. So we are going to pray. We're going to find find the joy in who God says we are. We're going to look deeper into how he's gifted us to use us, you, me, Candace, how he used us mm-hmm. collectively to bring him glory. And and I just want to end before we jump into prayer by saying like we're proud of you guys for having these hard conversations with us. Honestly, we we think you're amazing and gifted and talented and we want to see you thrive in excellence. And if you're if you're yeah. like I don't have any any hard stuff to work through, you can still be moving forward too to even greater excellence in the areas in the things you do. So let's just pray together, focused on on the hard stuff and the great stuff. And Father God, we just come to you today. We thank you for this topic. Uh, We pray Hmm. over the ones that are already self-aware and they're like, oh, yep, I'm this, 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 and this. And I just pray for, for a greater release into the spiritual gifts you've put on their lives, God. I pray for a deeper understanding of the way you operate in their life spiritually, Lord, mm-hmm. and what that looks like and, and how they how you've wired them to understand you, how, how you've wired them to bless others and build up others, God. And I just pray right now, I, I feel like somebody <laughs> listening, I just mm. see like God showing you like, no, I, I've actually gifted you with the gift of prophecy, which is to encourage comfort and edify others. And you guys can Google that if you're not aware of what that is. But I just feel like somebody throughout this whole show has been like, huh, what's going on? And I feel like God's showing you like, yeah, this is a gift I've placed on your life. That's actually biblical. And I want to challenge you to learn more about that. And I see God doing that for a lot of you today as you're learning and experiencing more of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray uh, that we all dive into that deeper, Lord. And Mm -hmm. I lift up to the ones who are um, struggling and they're like, I don't want to be self-aware. It hurts too much. And I got an amen on that dog bark. And I just pray, <laughs> I pray for the ones who are saying that. I don't want to be self-aware. It hurts too much. Mm. Lord, I pray they feel your love just covering that pain. Candace, I want you to pray over that. Together we come and we just say we surrender. Yeah. We open up our hands. We live open-handed. We lay our lives down. He who would keep his life would be a fool for all that we can gain when we give it to you. And so God, we just lay down any expectations that we have about who we are, who we were, or who we are meant to be. We put those confidently in your hands. We trust you with our identity. We trust that you know us better than we know ourselves. And we ask, Father, that we would be so aware of your presence throughout our day. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Say it, Opal. Say it, Pug, baby. We'd be so aware of your presence that we would be so near to your heart and your moving. Would you have your way in our lives? And would you show us how much you love those around us and have created them for your goodness and glory as well. 
Amen. Amen. We love y'all. Shut the should up, everybody. Have a good week. We'll talk to you the next time. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.